Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Freddy's Sandy Vagina. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Your fear of capture and imprisonment is from millions of years ago. You are not there. You are asleep. If we were to meet again in the next life, I will be your sworn enemy. And I will show you no mercy. Free winds and no tyranny for you, Freddy, sailor of the seas. You pay no rent, free to go where you please. Then go. Go to that landless latitude and good luck. If you figure a way to live without serving a master, any master, then let the rest of us know, will you? For you'd be the first in the history of the world. Oh, if, if, if you if you if, if you already know the answers to your questions, then why ask, pig fuck? I have unlocked and discovered a secret to living in these bodies that we hold. And oh yes, it's very, 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 very serious. I give you facts. They don't give they me are not facts. A pig. What facts? They are fucking facts. Yeah. What facts? Fuck you. Just me, Freddy. Just you. I'm the only one that likes you. All right. A little bit later than 2010 is the year 2012, and there was a shitty end-of-the-world movie called 2012. Or was that 2021? I don't know, but that's not what we're doing today. What we're doing today is the fifth of five in our P.T. Anderson month of July. The Master... Hello, Master. Um, Another character study, but two characters being studied here. Yes, very interesting. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson writes and directs Walking Phoenix. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams are the top names you'd see in the cast, although uh, Freddie Mercury's in this one a little bit. Um, Remy Malek, Jesse Plemons, Laura Dern. Lots Lots of good people. Lots of great actors in this movie uh i think at this point in pt anderson's movies you're not going to doubt the directing or the acting uh and certainly this movie i don't i didn't feel was any different but i gotta say um and i said this at the wrap-up of our previous episode that when i first saw this movie man oh man uh, annoyed the crap out of me i come out of it not liking it too much and this time coming through <gasps> well that's what we're going to discuss What's your guys' history with this movie? Just sum that up for us. Uh, Colin and I have the same history. We went to the theater together and watched it when it was released. And uh, I was with I'm you. Sh- yeah. Oh, there you go. So the fucking three of us have all that history. All that same history. Yeah, and I think everyone kind of was left experience. with the same feeling after that first one of like, I definitely need to watch that again to get a grip on what I just saw. So... I mean, I, you guys can I, speak for yourselves, unless you're happy with what I said. I bought it on Blu-ray, you. and then I watched it uh, probably one or two more times. But, I mean, what was this, 2012? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a long time since I had seen it um, since purchasing it. Um, so it was very interesting watching it again. There, I, I forgot a lot of the beginning of this movie. Um, John, are you going to do a summation before you start there? But you had love oh, for sure, it, yeah. didn't you, Colin? Hmm? You had love with it before, right? When you'd seen it before, you you were very uh, fond of the movie? I was. I was initially not sure, but, but after a second viewing, I was pretty sure that I that it was it was a solid P.T. Anderson flick. It's hard to follow. There will be blood. I mean, what do you do after that? My God, uh, it's tough. So this was the follow up. And I mean, I always love there will be blood. So uh, this was just a very different film than anything he had made before. Um, once again, very lonely man, P.T. Uh, very lonely <laughs> man. <laughs> I just want to give the guy a hug. I want to reach out uh, to him and hug him and tell him, you know, he's not alone. We all feel that way sometimes, buddy. It's all it's good. It's not your fault. Because um, these two characters <laughs> in this movie are very lonely. You want you want to talk about that, Sean? Yeah, I do in general. But let's just say that Mr. Freddie Quell got through World War II and came out on the other end a little bit. Or maybe he went in a little bit different, but he certainly came out a little bit worse for wear. Uh, and he tries to make a life for himself in the post-war world, but that doesn't go too well. And he ends up aboard a boat of this man who takes him under his wing as his protege. And this man happens to be the master, um, Ron Hubbard. I mean, just, just the master. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where it goes. And then they form this very interesting friendship where I think each admires each other for their um for their psychological their psyche their strengths maybe and um a little bit of jealousy maybe going on but a little bit of friendship blossoming so we'll get into these two characters and see how they kind of play out as one soars for the source for the sky with his time travel religion and um freddy who is beholden to no person how's he gonna make out of it all that's kind of the questions we'll be asking each other about this one. Yeah, um, 137 minutes. So this one was a, a good deal shorter than I recalled. It felt really long to me the first time I watched it. And actually, this time it did feel really long as well. But I think that's just that's just inherent in these kind of character movies that that, that go slow and, and brooding. Uh, and so it's a matter of if you can kind of take it or not. And uh, while it had a budget of around 30 mil, it did not get that back in the box office. This was not as, um, this is not a, it was, it's critically acclaimed, but it was not a commercial success. But I don't, that's not why he makes movies, obviously. Um, I actually wonder for P.T. Anderson what his like total box office draw is and if people are like less wanting to work with him because he's kind of, He's definitely making art. This one, above all else, would be more subjective than any other movie he's made. And if you're looking for a story narrative with a start, a finish, and an end, I guess that's here. But that's not what this movie is about. And so, therefore, I can see why people would be very put off by this movie because it's not conventional in, in any way, shape, or form. It kind of drags you through the madness a little bit um, as, he's, as he is apt to do. That's something that I was actually really looking forward to talking to you guys about because 
you guys, um, Colin in particular, really likes movies to, to click along. I think everyone likes that, but some people have less of a tolerance, I think, for the slowness. Did you guys find that this movie paced itself too slowly? Did it drag for you? Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes. The fir- the, you yeah. need to get to the inciting incident much quicker. The very first thing I noticed is... It was like 25 minutes. Yeah. Is that 20, when, he meets, when he meets Lancaster? Yeah. Is that the inciting incident? Well, yeah. that's what I would consider the inciting incident should be in this story, is, is maybe him poisoning the person and running away. <sighs> and that doesn't happen until 20 minutes in. So, like, I yeah. think as long as they establish that he was... Um, what is it called in the military when he's a section eight from the military? Um, he was coming out of it with what they would refer to, I'm assuming, as shell shock, although it's never mentioned in the movie. But like, really, he's just messed up from being in the war. <clears throat> um, they could have established that much quicker. I don't think you needed uh, all of the stuff with him working at the working as a photographer at Sears or Woolworths or wherever. He, well, what it was, none of that means anything went anywhere. I don't understand why it's in the movie, to be honest with you. I mean, he could have, you could have cut from him being talking to that guy in the army, uh, in the the therapist, to to him making the moonshine with the, pulling, pull it. What were they pulling cabbage? And he made the moonshine and he gave it to all those guys and poisoned that guy. I mean, that was enough. That's all you need. You, I don't know what, what 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 did you guys think of all of that in the beginning? I felt like there was a lot of wasted time. No, there definitely is. Because when I looked, I did also look at the time. Um, and I thought that it took a tremendously long time to get into the point. Like, well, that inciting incident, right? Like, where we see yeah. where we're going. I mean, that, that did take a while. John, what was your feeling? Yeah, I'm just going to... Um, it's so slow and deliberate, right? So there's... While this movie moves really slow and I wish they could have sped it up, there's also not tons of wasted space. Like, so all of the start with him on the beach with the other soldiers and stuff was, was like really necessary for him because of how he's like shown to like that sand lady, how he treats her like an object, not like a person that would have feelings. It's just, that's the woman. It also shows how he is in an army, but he's still beholden to no leader. They're like, they're running rogue there. Maybe they're derelict. Maybe they're uh, abandonees. Maybe they all went uh, section eight. I don't know. Um, but it kind of does like work to establish those things and then like to show how he starts working jobs and how he loses them and for what reason. Like we spend a lot of time with the photography stuff, which could have been just him doing it and then like showing him a scene for like two seconds being a little bit more annoyed and then showing a scene where he's attacking a guy and you could have been like there. He went crazy and he can't hold a regular job and you're like, aha. But it just stayed so thick with it all um, through the start. So... I mean, it, there's it was also like purposeful, the there, but it's right? so long. Yeah, and the girl, right, where he he gets so wasted, he passes out, so he can't even be with her. Um, which again is is like maybe that's his subconscious fear, like not allowing him to have emotion and love with with a woman. He's like just he's objectified her, and then he can't he can't go through with it. I don't know. Like I think you got to try and read so much subtext into everything that's happening. Um, it, it's that, kind of exhausting. That's true. Um, I, I've watched a bunch of analysis on this movie to, to really try to mm. soak into it because, I mean, this movie is one of those pieces that uh, would become better with understanding. So uh, yeah. one of the things that I saw about that scene um, 
the analysis, whoever it was, I can't remember, I'm sorry, uh, basically said that that move was intentional because all Joaquin does for the whole movie is serve masters. He's always looking for a master. So in the beginning, um, the Deborah or Deidre or whatever her name was, I can't remember, uh, the girl that he says is the love of his life, she sings that song because also it, it talks about how the songs throughout the movie, um, yeah. the lyrics of the songs are actually telling you exactly what's going on, right? Um, and the yeah. song she sings is about being monogamous, right? Like, don't go yep. fuck anybody else. Like, don't sleep with anybody yep. else under the apple tree, right? Um, yeah. So when he goes to that scene with that woman in the restaurant, uh it is said that he gets drunk on purpose because that's the only way he can control himself from sleeping. So he is still dedicated to his master. And then he's only released hmm. from her near the end of the movie when he, when he goes to find her and finds out that she's remarried. Then he's free and released. Then he goes and sleeps. Like, first thing he does is goes and sleeps with that woman at the bar. Huh. But I think, I think that... Once again, I think that that's a little too vague in this story to to like tra translate without once again. Um, you I don't mean, you can have, have things movie. in there that are subtext. It doesn't all have like there's still other things going on. I but I think but I think I, the I, ending I, of the the ending of the movie where he sleeps with that woman and stuff works great and that's fine. And he's trying to do the master stuff to her. He's trying to be her master. Or whatever he's asking her the questions like I think there's a lot going on subtextually in this movie but but it's too long like you got to get to him meeting you could edit out you could just edit it all down you could you could still have him being a photographer at Sears or whatever but you got to chop that shit up like and you got to get it under 10 under 11 minutes you cannot have him meet Lancaster 20 some minutes into the movie because I'm fine I, even I, going to like 15 15 isn't too bad if it's compelling enough beforehand. But the thing yeah, is, is that the stuff true. before isn't so compelling. Um, no. It's, it's, it's really building. And so what the movie does is right from the very beginning of it, it's just building the character, right? It's like, it's, it's like giving us a lot of world information, basically just understanding Joaquin and how absolutely fucking batshit crazy Freddy is, truly. Right? But but I think I think what I if I watched this movie and was was and he was to ask me what I thought of it, what my biggest complaint would be and how he could edit it to fix it, is to show Freddy in a in a better light in the beginning of the movie. Maybe this stuff with the girl that he is in love with, like sooner early on to and then show. The craziness later because I don't really like or care for him in the first half hour of this movie it's not until he tells the story about the girl he was in love with it's not until he gets the what I, I can't remember what the um, they call it um, Scientologist the reading the session the session um, with Lancaster that I really start to like Freddy yeah prior to um, that session I don't really give a fuck about Freddy and that's a huge, huge problem. You could have started the movie with that session and then had him and then you could have cut to him in the army and then how he met him. You could have had that, that be the very first thing you saw is you don't have any context. You just have him and that guy, they're drinking 
and then he gives him a session and then I would have understood and liked Freddie so much better that and then when you started showing me him in the military and the sand woman and all that stuff that would have made more sense to me and I would have gotten him more but instead for half an hour I'm just following someone I don't really give a shit about it's a huge flaw yeah I don't yeah Freddie in this movie I don't really care about as a character like I at times I feel very sympathetic but I'm also I feel so far removed from him mm. so it's much more of a watching from the outside rather than putting myself in his shoes type thing very much um, so. and yeah and it's so so that mean that means that at certain times I'm like I'm I'm hoping he wins but I'm never really caring enough to like it's more just watching the train wreck there's no one in this movie you cheer for no no there's only so, situations no, feel, that you have a favored outcome, but no yeah. one character that you would follow through and want to see succeed, except for maybe uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's um, son, because he knows that yeah. his dad's full of shit. It's funny. So, that like, that's that, the guy you I want to win. That, I would have said that too. That's a great ana- ana- analysis. Yeah, I do yeah, like. It's one of yeah, the only rational people in the whole movie. But he like, but then at the end he's in this new school and he welcomes uh, Freddie and on he goes. So like, I, I guess he's just going along for the ride. But he didn't seem like he was bucking it either. He just seemed like he was sitting back, true, and not contributing. Just being like he and and. But it's so interesting um, when he says that because, um, what the, one thing this movie does really well. I mean, the acting is outstanding. Let's let's get this out of the way. Like Joaquin Phoenix is a different human being, and it's like insanely compelling to watch him and Philip Seymour Hoffman's just an absolute genius um what's really really great about this movie is um to me anyway how clearly I follow Philip Seymour Hoffman's bullshit um like because he just he's everything he says is nonsense the the roping the dragon and leashing it and taming it and all that stuff and most other speeches he gives are like vague storytelling devices but it never goes anywhere and people seem so enamored with him and freddie kind of sees through it and I, I i as an audience member saw through it too and it was like it, i found it really amusing that um the, the movie did quite a good job of showing how false what a false prophet this guy is yeah um i i thought that was that was really well done yeah i agree with that for sure but once again it makes it not him not someone you're rooting for um and uh i mean his wife uh played by amy adams she's also really good in this movie uh she's i mean enabling him so like i don't root for her um she's also jerking him off at the sink uh yeah so i cheer i cheer for her there she's manipulating him she's manipulating him in in those that scene though Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. But he still Big gets time. the hand job. So, yeah, I mean, I know, but it's the, even she, if he he might know and he's like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you say, whatever you say, whatever you say. She uses he'll have post nut clarity in a second and he'll be like, oh, yeah. oh, my God, she was manipulating me. I'm a manipulator. I'm the people. Right. It's just nah. it's just interesting <laughs> that she uses um, those those sessions to steer and guide him the directions that she wants him to go. Like many uh, yeah, well she, through time, she tries the <laughs> same thing with Freddie minus the hand job. Yeah, when she tells him to quit booze. So, 
and that I find that scene for her so fascinating too, because she's testing her own powers, because she completely buys into Freddy's shit, or sorry, into to Lancaster's shit. Yeah. I don't know. Um, if she so does. when she's telling him, you, you you will quit the booze, you will quit the booze. Tell me, tell me again, tell me again. And then she like gives him a kiss on the cheek, which is about as much physical whatever she can muster for him. Um, so I found it so funny she was trying to use the same tactics on on a different guy, and it didn't work. Which is another key point of this movie is that Freddy is immune to Lancaster's ways. Yeah. Um, and Lancaster covets that from him so bad that he tells him he's going to be his sworn enemy for life in the next life because he's so fucking mad that he can't be like him in that one way, which is to not serve a master. Um, like, th- that's an interesting ultimate payoff for the for the movie that I, I still don't know if I like, honestly. I <laughs> think that the problem, too, is... Um, this movie is sorely lacking and he saved the cat. There's like nothing, there's nothing either of those characters does that humanizes them in a way that I can relate to them. But that's um, the thing is I don't need that. I don't need that for a movie. Like I'm fine to watch a character study or like a story exam. There will be blood as tons of save the cat. The fact just that something else has it doesn't mean that something else has. But to. I'm just, well, name a movie that's any good that doesn't have that. And I'm just when I say the word save the Who cat, I'm talking about where you <laughs> where you can relate to the character um, on a on a level. No, I know where, what I know what save the cat does. OK, yeah. no, I know. But I'm not. I just don't want to affiliate it with the book. I'm just saying are the are the method. I'm just saying something that like makes me. Um, I know, but you were talking uh, about likability, and we were talking about that before. So that's not was even likability, but likability is the wrong word. It's just like empathy. Well, you need something in them to have to to, have, but, to cheer so for. Name, is what you're name saying. another movie that's good where you don't have that. I oh, can't Jesus, fucking think yeah. of one. The well, Godfather. Yeah, I can't either because I'm on the spot now. Unfair. But no, even the Godfather. No, I cheer in the Godfather though. But but Michael has the save the cats in the beginning. He doesn't want to go down that road. He was in the army. He was a hero. He doesn't want yeah, so his father's doesn't apply. Money. Think of something that does apply. There, I'm, there I'm, are a million movies. You're telling me that just because you can't think of one right now, it doesn't exist. Fuck. Nonsense. And I'm on the no, spot. I'm you can't tell me movie. to pick one. Uh, Jesus, John I'm could saying, maybe be the guy here, but we're not going to put him on the spot I'm either. Saying, Unfair I, pressure, man. I'm saying bad <laughs> movies. I'm saying bad movies probably just are missing that. Well, they're missing it or a they do it are. too late. Like, okay, here's an example of when it didn't work, and I can't remember the name of the movie, so this is a fucking awesome example. But that Will Smith... No, sorry, it was the Ben Affleck movie where he's the coach, and they reveal really late in the movie that he had, like, alcoholism or something. Because his, his son died. Yeah, so there, we've ruined a movie. That's awesome. But anyway, is basically... Is that the one that just came out? I, yeah, A little while recent. ago, a year or two ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So maybe you're like you're you're thinking harshly about him or thinking in a way, and then at the last moment they're like, "Aha, he's really a hero of some kind," and you're like, "Wow!" Like in that particular case, um, that's when they're just they're they're flipping it to give you the sympathy too late, right? Uh, and this movie, I don't think ever flips it. Neither character, a main character or supporting character, like I feel bad for some of the people in this that are surrounding the the thing, but I feel no positive emotion or drive to follow or see any of these people succeed. Uh, okay, what about what about Requiem for a Dream? That's a movie mm. that has no redeemable people. Well, we'd have to nobody watch nobody that you really cheer for. That movie makes you they, feel horrible, but it's a great movie. They do from have what the good times, though. They, they have, have good the good times. times. They have fun and games, but that happens in the Master as well. 
We have fun know, and games, would, and we would, see times say, where they're where they're like doing something or wrestling on the lawn, and we get that good feeling, right? So and like that, there's moments of that. There's just no save the cat. You see them as the like music uh, says and otherwise. And, <laughs> another example, and I'll give you another example, um, which of a, of a movie we haven't done, which we definitely will do because I know you guys will want to. But um, is fear and loathing. Though those characters have no redeemable qualities, and even though the whole movie is fun right. and games, there's no save the cat in there. I don't, I don't root or, or, or relate to either of those drug-addled maniacs at all. The reason, the reason why I think that's not the same, um, is because Hunter S. Thompson is a beloved character, and and he's also like, I mean, debatably a literary genius, right? And with his very own unique style that had like a voice of a generation. So when you see drug-addled Hunter S. Thompson and his sidekick bowling through Vegas on all sorts of fucking uppers and downers, uh, I kind of do cheer for the maniacal madness of that whole thing. I want that to be crazy. I want him to wake up at the end with a giant fucking lizard tail in waist-deep water, right? Like, to me, that's what I'm cheering for. But this doesn't have that. At all. But I just don't think that that's necessarily a problem. Hmm. It's just hmm. hard to spend two hours and 16 minutes for for a movie without having some kind of investment in, in who you're watching. I do agree with that. Like, the movie's definitely too long. And I think that because of this, it's definitely too long. Like, if you're going to do something like this where there's no active fun... Right. Like I think, like I said, that's why I think that Boogie Nights is so successful um, in everyone's minds is because it's that the whole process and the whole like background of that movie, the setting is drugs and fucking partying and porn. Right. Sex and drugs and fucking rock and roll. What they do in that movie with all of the characters and mainly with Mark Wahlberg's character is they make you feel sympathetic for him with his mother before he goes before he breaks bad. But in this, there's none of that. They're both just bad people from the beginning and the get-go. And then they're like bad people throughout the movie who like <laughs> don't get along and don't... No, I know, but like how do you spend... How do you even write a script like that? I don't even know how you would write a script where you don't give a fuck about the characters enough to like give them some kind of a quality. How do you even write that script? I don't get it. Well, if, mm. he's, if he's trying to... like not. A, this is a stupid thing to say because all stories should kind of have some form of narrative or like some goal they're trying to accomplish and they do it through the writing. And I think this was trying to retell, I don't know, like I think we've all heard that this is like loosely based on the beginnings of Scientology or mm-hmm. accurately based who even fucking knows. So yeah, that's probably, kind yeah. of the assumption I go in with. And I feel like we're trying to watch a dramatized version of that. And if that story of how this came to be is anything like what I have heard in terms of like rumors, a couple of them, then I would expect everyone to be involved in this kind of thing to be completely fucked people doing completely fucked things. And I think that this movie does a pretty good job of showing that. I just can't say for sure that it's like compelling me to like want to watch it. Yeah, it's not a movie I want to watch very often. It's like like the, the time needs to be invested heavily. Um, this is a movie I would say, uh, you know, you watch it once every three years, maybe. Right. Well, is it, is it a second watch must, must watch a second time movie? I think so. 
Just because, mm-hmm. but I think it's a second watch movie because I think I'm whenever I'm watching a movie a second time, I'm trying to find the thing in that movie maybe that we're talking about. The and uh, I just I'm wondering, having seen this a little bit more than you guys, and then now watching it under the fucking guise of Hold Up. <laughs> God damn it. Never crippling. Uh, it's, um, it's just really hard for me. I struggle. Like, so if you think about the beginning of the movie, so we all decided that that is probably too long. We need to get to the story a little bit quicker. So then we meet when mm-hmm. he meets them on the boat and stuff, it starts to get a little interesting. But once again, to me, I'm never really interested in this story until they go through the session. And you see the, uh, the acting in the session, first of all. That's where the money is. Because Joaquin, I mean, both of their performances, like John said, are very good. But that's where you really see the goods. Because they're just in a dark room, tiny little room. There's nothing going on. And there's close-ups. And you get to see the goods. And it's great. And, uh, and the story, backstory of him and the girl. And he never went home to her. And, and he's asking him why he didn't go back. That's when I start to really buy into the story. Um, but once again, it, it's far too, I, I don't know what time that was, but I'm guessing it's half an hour longer into the movie. And I, I'm, it's, it's too late by then. It's too late. So you got to get there fast. Like I said, I would open, I would have opened. Why not open with the best shit? Cause you open with that and I'm totally bought in his character, both their characters. I do agree with that, and I think I maybe just realized what you were when you were talking what one of the biggest problems of the beginning is, um, is that because it's so long, those moments lose their impact. Because to me, I really felt like the inciting incident was when he jumps on the boat, mm. um, and I'll tell you why. Because when he gives that guy the drinks, and that guy, they're like, "You poisoned him! You poisoned him!" There had already been so much like craziness and kind of stuff like that before that it didn't mm-hmm. seem like a like a moment that spurred him to something, right? Like if it wasn't that, it would have been something else shortly after. Like he's just that guy, right? Um, so I don't view that as the inciting incident. It seemed like when he was drunk and jumps on the boat, that's it because at that moment, then Philip Seymour Hoffman is t- talks to him and basically says like, stay or leave, right? Um, yeah. And so that's when he makes a choice, and that's when the the whole course of the shit changes. You you could have you could have opened with that. You're total. You're 100 correct, and that's why it comes too late. And if you if you would have opened with the 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 session, and then you would have cut uh, the the beginning of him in the military, but you would have chopped that much quicker. I think the the scene with him talking to the therapist is a good one and important. But uh, you would have already known from Lancaster that he killed some people and stuff. You would have known so much more about him when you were seeing that. And then if you would have just cut a bunch of shots and of him doing photography, him with the girl naked in the in the black, the dark room, then him like getting mad at that guy and strangling, throwing stuff. You don't need to see much more. You could have quick clips of all those. And, the, of, and he's always making his potions, whether it's in the dark room or he's doing it when he works at the thing. But just quick, 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 quick. And then, like, get to when he, when now we catch up to where he meets Lancaster. Like, you needed to fly through that stuff. It's just, I got it's a huge editing problem. For me, if you're going to give me that time, right, 
um, that time into the movie, then I want a piece of that to show me when he was at war. Because, like, the primary influence for this thing is that documentary, Let There Be Light, which is all about uh, World War II veterans and, like, the crazy PTSD that they had and, like, how, like, traumatized and broken they were. And so, like, yeah. if you think about that being the, th- the thread, like, the core of the movie then Freddy is that. I mean, that does change what we were saying before. He does become a sympathetic character in that sense. In the beginning, because, yeah. Because he was broken um, doing something that we consider to be pretty noble, actually. Like, World War II is still yeah. one of the only wars that we're aware of that was actually, like, noble and well fought. So um, so maybe that does change that component of him. And, and when you're watching him do that, it's, it's more like one of, like, empathy. Um, like, you're not cheering for him and his actions you're cheering for him to get better and i mean that's a weird backdrop for that kind of thought because him getting better can't really happen at Fillmore. yeah and you could and you could really what would be so cool is after if you opened with that session right after the session ends you could cut the black and have the words the master come up for the title and then you could go back and show what you're saying is him in war and then and then just really skip through all that stuff in the beginning and just show brief brief moments of it other than the conversation between him and the therapist you just like flashes of like his insanity and him making his potions because the making of his potions is a thing too so you got to have it him doing that in the dark room him doing that in the ship him all of those places and then and then um lancaster asking him to make the porsche potion and stuff i love that he likes it yeah, he, I love that he's like, I, I got to admit, I, I tried it and I drank it all. He's like, he can you make it. more? And he's like, not that, but something else. Like, he's an alchemist, right? Are you he's trying to poison of... me? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he asks him straight up. Yeah. Which it's, is funny because like, he did know, just you, poison somebody. I know, mm. right? And like, you get he's using weird things, but it's like not the most clear until you see him putting a paint thinner in. Yeah, apparently guys used to do that in the war, hey? Like, jug juice is a real thing. They yeah. called it jug juice. And I they would use, like, I don't know, ethanol or, or something like that. Like, when they when you see... So I thought he had, they had stored booze up in that rocket or whatever the fuck that they were draining that fuel from, yeah. the torpedo. Yeah. Um, And then when I was reading about this movie afterwards, I found out, no, 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 that's siphoning the fuel. That's an actual story. Yeah, that that, that's, yeah, that's not going to work. By Jason Robert. Wow. If you could believe that shit. So um, that's a crazy thought to think that dudes were drinking gas back in the day. Yeah, I know. Like his liver and kidneys, they would be just shredded. Oh, that's what that hunch is probably all about. Like he's probably just got like crazy gut issues, man. Oh, yeah. Totally would. Um, And like like full full half uh, facial... um, uh, like palsy or whatever he seems to have or, or like oh, half his face seems frozen yeah it's like half the time he's like talking out of one side of his mouth and yeah he's, he's yeah. a pretty intense guy uh, maybe yeah. he built up a tolerance to mm. it over time as well because like, he's certainly an alchemist though like that's where he always seems like at his most comfortable and that's where that's where Lancaster uh, sucks him in at first he's like Even make me that says, wonderful brew like that's tell me job. how you want to feel <laughs> yeah can you imagine he can he can oh. tilt and weave that fucking <clears throat> drink depending <clears throat> on where you want to yeah. be a little bit more windex for a nice airy <laughs> high and slightly more ammonia if you want that i can't feel my face 
Yeah, what do you think is the best uh, household cleaner to drink? I don't, I don't know. No ideas? Not oh, Ajax, God, that's no. for sure. Not not uh, not that shit that cleans drains. Drano. Tide pods, I guess. Those apparently get you really high. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <clears throat> but I, but when they get off the boat and stuff, and they they go to that woman's house, and he gets in that argument with that guy that he calls a pig fuck, or what, is, what does he call him? A pig fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's where the he screws fuck. up. Because yeah. he, he's got it under control, and he, he could have salvaged it, but then he swears, and gets he gets too angry, and then he ruins... He doesn't save face. Yeah. In the it's, light of it's that funny. guy. Yeah, no, and, and it's great for us as the audience because we get to see that truly that he's a fraud and like he couldn't make a rational argument to save his life. He kept on falling back on his laurels and it shows the kind of people that he sucks into his wing are the ones who believe him lock, stock and barrel and don't question anything. And that's that's his charisma. And when when someone into is counter to him um, and I think Freddie is counter to him in that <clears throat> regard, but but Freddie doesn't challenge him. On no. any of his shit, he kind of lets it all be. I love well, the he tries. Tries. He, tries. He, he does in prison. He screams at him, and but he's taking that off of the son. Um. Mm. Uh, but but they never. That's the other thing too. Is there's a couple of times where he they have a big fight, like in jail, and then he just shows up, and then they hug, and they roll around on the grass, and it's like that's all fun and stuff, but like why is none of that ever addressed like everything's just forgiven and all that stuff with the wall to the window and like do you feel the wall do you feel the window all that goes on way too long just it goes on yeah. way too long you even That's see so joaquin because struggling with it <clears throat> i'm like initially i'm like okay like i can see him running that activity and then later on it's happening so long that you feel bad for freddie but then it goes on so long that you're like, Freddie, what are you doing? And then you're like getting mad at Hoffman. And then when Hoffman ends the session, like it was all planned. That, that scene makes my blood boil. Yeah, yeah, like less is more, less is more, less is more. So much of that. This movie could have been edited um, very stealthily into an hour and 45. And you would you would have. Uh, and it, it, once again, you got to you, you got to get us to like them more sooner. Have more of that that the characterization and playfulness earlier on, um, in between the two of them, it it's you could have just bounced around between times to to get it to work, so that you could you could set the audience up for 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 the story, but but instead we things the good scenes are good, but they're too little too late by then. Um, all of them between them. Um, so that's who we all, he really struggled to, to do that in this, which he hasn't in the past because like the opening of there will be blood with Daniel Plainview um, is amazing. And it shows you really learn about his character and he's a survivalist. He's going to survive. And then, then he takes on that guy's son. You know, like he adopts him, like takes him as his own, which is a save the cat again. I mean, like there's a ton of save the cats in, in, in that that make you root for Daniel Plainview. Um, you just gotta, you gotta. He he really slowed it down in this one. 
And yeah. Makes yeah, because it it's not a story driven. It's not about Scientology. It's no. about these characters with that as a backdrop. It doesn't yeah. even play in a huge way into the story, except that the master has disciples. But it's never about the glitz and the glam. And even the even his big office at the end, which is kind of big and glamorous, it still only seems like the beginnings, right? Of of that whole thing. So that never plays into it in a in a massive way. It's all about Hoffman, and it's all about Joaquin. And while they are each amazing. Yeah, I think like the the in between in this movie is just too much, and I don't. I'm con- I'm constantly struggling with the characters, and I'm like painfully so sometimes. And he just works so hard to try and make you feel maybe what that character would be feeling, but I don't. I just I don't want to go to those depths sometimes. I I can kind of get it, and so yeah, I feel like really this, it just added so much to this movie that I'm. Uh, it just wasn't an in enjoyable is like such a, a, a subjective term too because i'm not always looking for a good time out of a movie but slow slow deliberate and just therefore not that enjoyable a watch but like some moments of like true brilliance like d- directing again like crushed it absolutely crushed it what a gorgeous movie guys- lots of dark scenes you can see and what did what you guys we think of, of the scene where where he sees all the women is naked <clears throat> I enjoyed that scene. Lots I enjoy it ladies. too, but I yeah, don't. I don't really ladies. know if it does anything for the. I don't really know if it does anything for anything. It pl- the, I mean, his, it the sexuality that he's still out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's still like one of the driving forces in his life. Like he tries to bang one of the chicks at one of the tables where they're listening to on repeat recordings. He says, "Do you want to fuck?" Yeah. But then the next, then um, his daughter or daughter-in-law, I think it's his daughter, tries to grab his cock in the middle of the church one day. She does, mm. yeah. And he's not yeah, into she it. Gra- but, he, but then he doesn't go with her. Um, See, that would have been interesting yeah, so, if so, he did, if he did go with her and they did have, uh, they did have something no, that would have actually been. I feel like that's been, predictable. I feel like I don't that's know if what I would have cared. Yeah. And he, he even but hates the guys, comes of it, her so husband, Remy Malik. Like yeah, I know, right? But I, again, I think that all those things are there to show that his true master is that woman from the beginning. I don't know, but like trying to bang the other lady with the let's fuck note doesn't support that. Mm-hmm. No, but maybe he and, wouldn't and have. He brought that other the other girl to his place and then didn't follow get, through. Yeah, he doesn't get to fuck he pushes anybody the limits. until... He doesn't get to fuck anybody until that last the chick in the last scene. I, I know, but yeah. it's not um, like he's not trying. He does try. I, he tries with the girl and the photographer. But he ambushes he, himself when he gets chances, though, is my yeah, no, kind of what I'm does, saying. Yeah, I know. He does, yeah. So subconsciously, like one I guess ta- he's, Just he's, one time, though. Just, just with the girl from the photo thing. The other people turn him down, and the sand person's made of sand, so obviously they can't turn him down. Close. But uh, they can't consent. I, and, and and I would just assume that the reason he's not going to go after Lancaster's daughter is because he believes in Lancaster and does not want to fall in ill favor. But it has nothing to do with the other girl that from the beginning of the movie. Now, yeah, I understand I guess, based I have... on what Brent said, he read that that does make sense at the end of the movie, that that's the first time he's with someone actually. But yeah. Um, it's very vague, and it, I don't think there's enough in there without reading supplementary supplementary material to to really get that. So, like, he should have put that in the movie. 
It's not yeah, there and enough. So, so the then the the whole nude scene like was it necessary to support his character sexuality? Um, probably not necessary, but it was it was a good little bit of fun, I guess, it, into his into his psyche, and he just he appeared. Even Amy Adams was pregnant and naked over but on the that other seems chair. Also, staring at that him. seems also about. Um, that's when Philip Seymour Hoffman pushes his luck too far. He drinks too much. He gets too handsy. And Amy Adams calls it out on that too. So there's more than one thing right. going on in that scene. Um, yeah. And you can watch Amy Adams during the whole scene where the naked women are dressing around. She is not impressed, right? Everyone's no. having a good time. She is not. Um, and she talks to him later about it. So I think that there's like the dynamic of the three still going on, right? I just probably would have, if I was editing out, that probably would have gone too. I mean, you have to cut a bunch of stuff out yeah. of here, and it's got to like mean something to the, those two characters well, in a significant way. The the son making his comments and stuff about his father being full of shit are the other son in the sessions with him. All of those like little tiny moments was are the even the even the daughter trying to grab his cock. And him rejecting her and stuff. And then later on, she says, I think he's in love with me. That stuff's all great. Because once again, you're seeing how these secondary characters are reacting to him. And uh, and stuff. That's all you need. You don't need any more than that. Um, the, I, get, I get his daughter. Like the couple of little moments you have with her. You get um, that. Like he rejected her and now she's saying he loves her instead rather she wanted him that's funny actually and that's all you need those things work they they work fine the other moment of surrealness other than the all the women suddenly being naked at the party was um uh amy adams when she's telling him to change her eye color and after she says change them to black just as the last scene of her fades away her eyes shift to black i saw that but that's about that's about the only other surreal thing in this movie. It doesn't make a point to do anything else like that. Yeah, I did like that, though. That was cool. Interesting. There's just there is good things in this movie, but the gaps between them are far too wide. Far too wide. You need to, like, shrink those gaps. Get get things tighter. This movie could could be real tight. And you would have gotten the exact same things across a uh, half an hour shorter time frame. And once again, re-editing it out of order in a different way would bring out those moments, make them so more impactful when you see what he kind of goes through in the beginning. Once you have a reference for um, for who he is and what he's gone through, and then, and then you see kind of the bad time. Uh, I, I would actually, I'd like to really, really like to re-edit this one, guys. Let's put this Jesus one on the Christ, re-edit put list. Put it on your list, maids. Yeah, yeah you gotta do one. On your list now. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta I'll, do one I'll before start with you bridesmaids. add I'll to do the bridesmaids list. Bridesmaids first, because it was the first one. Let's have it. Nice. Um, Johnny Greenwood did the music for this movie, and it sounds um quite similar to some of the stuff we heard in There Will Be Blood in terms of like. A lot of instruments both? and and tones. I believe he did. Yeah, I okay. believe that he did. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. The, so there's a lot of like things happening on screen that don't necessarily match the musical tones 
um, it, like it creates anxiety where you think it might be pleasure or sadness or something else like that. So it's very interesting use of music in this movie. That's uh, I'd say effective. It, it uh, does its job. I just wish it made um, some of the other stuff go by quicker. Jesus. Yeah. But I yeah. like the music. I, I love the look and feel. So. I, I like that, that whole world building with the sound um, using that. I mean, P.T. Anderson always seems to do that. Um, but Cinematography like wise, once again, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. So beautiful. Man, that shot where it's just the water churning behind the boat. Like, if that yeah. was my screensaver, I'd be so pleased because. It's gorgeous, it, yeah. It's a gorgeous, yeah. man. The blues are so attractive. I can't even get. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, the movie yeah. has great shots, man. Some big shots, but like a lot of that stuff from above on the beginning when he's on the beach. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of the shots from above like that. What am I feeling with that? What's the point of that down shot? Usually that's like a like a like a someone's making them smaller, isn't it? Like like removing their power, filming them down. Or is this meant mm. to be like a God's eye? Because it is very direct over, right? Yeah, that could it be. Happens, it happens on the beach a little bit. It's kind of filmed over. Maybe not always at the same angle, but I feel like there's more mm. right above. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't recall. Um, I don't recall it standing out to me. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, it felt like some of the shots were a little, were a little purposeful. Anyways. Oh yeah, like uh, cer- certain things like that, and then maybe certain of the the themes and subtleties of this movie. Maybe it's just beyond me. Um, the thing is, I think this movie is art, right? Like, yeah. Anderson makes art, right? Um, and I think that not all art needs to be um, absent of work on your part. I think some great art takes. Um, takes like other understanding to fully appreciate right like paint by numbers but we've talked we've talked about this before <laughs> if you if you have a painting which um has too much in the painting and if you would have just held back and and you would have been more min- thoughtful about what you what you put on the canvas you you can overpaint a painting and ruin it I, I mean, it's the same with the movie. Yeah, you, sure you can. Art is art, and I, I just think this is that's art, the but, this, but that's you overpainted this painting. But, but that, again, is a different statement than what I'm making, right? We're talking about, like, like seeing things in the movie that aren't, like, hitting you over the head in the movie, like more subtext or things like that that you'd have to appreciate at a more subtle tone after looking into it on the secondary information market highway. So... um to me, that's not about if he did too much or too little, right? To me, that's a separate thing. Um, and I got to say, that's uh, the way I feel. But if it, I look at I a guess. painting and I, I love the painting and it makes me feel a certain way and, and it expresses something to me. But if I look at a painting and I don't like it and then I read a pamphlet and then I'm like, oh, well, now I like the painting. To me, that's not effectively done on the canvas. Uh, and to me, that's a problem with that painting. I don't even have to understand what the painting is. And, and if I love the painting and I 
make, make, makes me feel something. And then I read something about the painting and find out what his inspiration was. And I was like, oh, that makes the painting better. That is different. But if I don't like the painting and then I read something, <laughs> that is not the same. <laughs> I feel differently. I, should, I shouldn't have to read something about a painting to like it. I should be able to look at it and go, this speaks to me. And then if not I all find art, out some things later. Not all art should be easily accessible. And some stuff, the stuff that is like generally has more depth, right? Sometimes requires a little work on behalf of the viewer, right? Whoever's taking part in that painting or whoever's taking part in that movie. And I think that this, you're saying that this movie clearly isn't enjoyable at all. So why would you look at background for anything else? Maybe that's where we differ. I, I liked the look of this movie. I found it to be a delight to the eyes watching this fucking cast act because they're outstanding. I think watching a P.T. Anderson um, written and directed movie is observing uh, well, a master at work, right? So to me, uh, maybe that's the big difference, but I do uh, look at paintings that I think are ugly and then read about the artist and the purpose behind the art and what it was trying to say and have my mind changed. And for me, like when, when I was in Chicago at the museum and you would, you'd have your, your earphones in and you would, you'd listen to them describing like what, what the, what the artist was trying to do in the painting or what inspired him or, or where this was coming from. Before I got to that, I already was impressed and enamored and found the painting spoke to yeah, me. Yeah, I get it. And that was just supplementary extra bonus. But I, I'm not going to sit through two hours and 16 minutes of something and then go read about it to like it. You got to like, you got to put it in there. You can't. It's like with these Matrix sequels, people are like, yeah, well, you didn't like the Matrix 2 because you didn't read the comic books that came in between it. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, no, I like the first Matrix movie and there's no fucking comic books I read before I watched that. Like, make a good fucking movie. Don't don't fucking make me do my homework to be a good movie. There still so, needs to be talent to it. Like, you can't just throw shit on a wall. There's tons of talent And then, and then do a fucking uh, 30-page thesis about it and then tell me why that's whatever, whatever. I mean... I mean, an artist did sell shit in a can, um, so maybe you can <laughs> yep, do that. That happened. But, um, but I just don't think that this movie's responsible for that. But well, I mean, this isn't we, we disagree on that, right? This movie's what? beautiful. The acting is great. But that's there's, what I'm saying. There's right? touching there... moments. There's touching, amazing moments in this movie. When he sings at the end of the movie, to, to, to. Walking Phoenix. I get erect. When he sings to Freddie, <laughs> I love that scene. For me, this movie's always been about, and, and I guess still is this viewing, is about these two guys who are very lonely and they find someone else that one that he thinks he can help and the other one thinks he can help him. And they feel like they complete each other in this really significant way. But at the end of the movie, they both realize that they've gone and taken it as far as they can take it, or at least Freddy does, and that they are have to go their separate ways alone now. They're gonna have to like, they're gonna have to do this without each other, and that's very sad and poignant. And I love that. 
I, and I, I would love to salvage that. And the only way to do it is with editing because this movie needs an editor. But anyway, so there's beauty in here. And uh, it is art. It absolutely is. And everything P.T. Anderson's done, including Punch Drunk Love, is more art than movie. More film than movie. Um, yeah, but I'd say Punch Drunk brand. Love to the, to the least of them. Yeah, he well, mentioned yes, the one that Brent hates the most. Of these. No, but it's a comedy. <laughs> but like the things he does... The things he does in that movie um, are the choices he makes and stuff still make it feel that way. Yeah, um, it's still Anderson. He's still fucking very talented, right? Yeah, I'm mm. just saying. Mm. Uh, but I think I, he could that, make like an X-Men movie and it's not art just by virtue of No, I'm just saying that, that Punch Drunk Love is, like I said the other day, was a, is a minor Anderson. But it still has that with the Technicolor and the music and the, he's doing his thing still. I'm just saying yeah. in this one, like, like, are we calling it? This one to me doesn't Do hold up and it's not a Humpty Dumpty. This, this could, this could be salvaged by editing this movie. 110 fucking percent. This, there's a movie in here that's amazing. And I know this guy shot a ton. So there's lots of other footage that he had. He, he actually made the trailer of this movie with almost all footage that is not in the movie. So Which that's how much footage, that's how much footage he has. Mm. And I'm sure like at least two minutes more. So he just needs to, <laughs> he just needs to cut it. He just needs to cut yeah. this bitch up a bit and, and shake mm. it up. He just didn't need to take, take a story from beginning to end narrative. I think you got to mix this up and you could have saved it. Doesn't hold up for me. John, you declare if you want me to go or, or you. you yeah, you, you declare, John. You, declare. you want me to go? You go this time. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Uh, I do you to think go. that this movie holds up. I know because he wants he wants someone on his side. He wants to say it holds up. Um, I can read both you guys, I think. Um, I think it holds up. I And, and to tell you the truth, I, I think I told you guys, um, the only time I'd seen it was that time in the theater. And after my thoughts were, I think I like it. I'm not really sure what I think. Right. I like, I need to watch it again. And then I just hadn't because I mean, the movie does pace itself slow. And even though I do like those things, I don't like watching those things all the time that could really make you a dull guy for a time. So you got to mix it up. But, um, but I think that this movie is expertly written um this movie had a lot of deeper themes it had a lot of um really subtle notes to it and i love that and i loved learning about or at least learning about what the consensus is or uh, or the crazy theories are about what this movie is about or involves whatever it is right so i like it i mean the movie's obviously beautiful the fucking three actors got nominated for um, for Award. best actor for best actor best actress uh, no best best actor best supporting actor and best supporting actress they all lost which is a fucking shame um, well because Hoffman died shortly after and uh, yeah. and I think that Joaquin does an excellent job did you know Jeremy Renner was up for this part. Wow. No, Jeremy Renner was originally signed to do it when they started um, the the production or whatever, but then some funding fell through, and so he left. 
and then Joaquin had finished um, uh, that thing he did in fucking 2010 or whatever. What I'm here, or I'm still here, or whatever, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so that's when he came to the project. Like, can you even imagine Jeremy Renner in this? I think this movie is horrendous with Jeremy Renner. What's so? No, it is. And what's so funny to me is before before we shot before we did this, I was sure it was going to hold up, and I so wanted you, Brent, especially because you always were a bit on the fence with this. I wanted yeah. you to think that this held up when you watched it. So I guess I got what I wanted. The only problem is <laughs> I no longer think that it holds up. Yeah. And so, because I the second time I watched this, I was like, I'm sure this holds up now. Like, this was back in 2012, obviously. So I was like, this definitely holds up. He's wrong. And now it's so funny. I've totally flipped. I wanted you to think it held up, and now I don't. So, Johnny, you're the third guy. Dun, dun, dun. And John never liked it, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't know how he was going to feel. Did you never yeah. like it, John? Did you say sorry? No, uh, no I was really frustrated. <laughs> yeah, I was really frustrated by this movie. Um, I still am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I figured, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see what you see now. Yeah, it, it's it's it just didn't get it done. It it again, this is one of those movies that has scenes you could teach classes on. They're yeah. so good. Uh, directing, cinematography, fucking acting, just crazy. And like maybe probably a lot of ad lib. I don't know how much you throw into something like this to get it to work um, in the ways that this movie can. But goddamn, yeah, I, I have just have a huge problem with not liking anyone in this movie at the end of the day. And I don't feel sympathy for anyone. I just kind of was looking forward to it for it to end. Um, like the end, <laughs> Col- Colm was right, that end scene with with the singing and tells him he's going to be his enemy for life and you can tell he's like or you can stay like you can the the moment that happens there is like really true and real and and that's like a great thing it 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 should have been the the climax for a um for a a a more interesting movie but it just uh no it just be back it'll just return it'll yeah no in in a billion years perpetual motion yep over and over and over again. Yeah. So unfortunately no, it doesn't it doesn't hold up for me. There's a lot of thick stuff here and so much care if you're into character movies or you're like our boy Brent here and he likes these long, really th- well thought out ones that don't like have a ton of like there's just not a lot of downside to this movie. Like with with how good m- m- so much of it is. It it seems like yeah, it seems like it is worthy to be taught in a class at times, but just not taught it's, in my brain or on my TV. It's the characters, I think, that where you guys lose it. Like you say, because like Colin's like, I need someone to cheer for, and you just said that. And it's like, yeah. if that's there, like, let's say Freddy fucking uh, uh, saves a kid from a, from a pimp. Dragon. Right? Okay. Yeah, a pimp in a dragon coat. Yeah, he's like, saves him from a pimp, and maybe he gets like a crowbar to the back, and that's why he's hunched over. And then everything else the same. Then is it okay? Because the guy did fight in World War II and became a giant piece of shit because he's absolutely traumatized and can't function in regular society. You gotta, it's just not in there. You gotta put I it in there. I felt bad for him. I he's felt a goddamn hero, you guys. I felt, Jeremy Renner, almost. I don't, I don't almost. know that he is. <laughs> for not being Renner. No, I know he was in the war. 
But all I got to see was him like deserting on the beach, fucking a sand puppet. So I know they they didn't do anything to fucking give you that. That's why no, that that's it's not beginning. yeah, it's not in the movie. And he says it later on, that's and I problem. just I intuitively get that he probably has killed people, and he's not taking it well. I get all that. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't make him likable to me. I don't look at him in his condition and feel that the sympathy that I need to be like he can be a better man. He was a good man. I I always I get the sense he always was super off. Um, yeah, and forward with sixteen-year-old girls. So, um, I will say that this isn't a masterpiece. I agree with you guys with that. That editing yeah. could save it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I get all that for sure. Yeah, I'm not and, saying and there's and not a better movie in here. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, yeah, man, I can appreciate that, and I can see why you say it holds up because I see the good in this. Um, and the, and I guess if for me, it just goes a little bit more into disappointment that I didn't get kind of what I wanted out of it at the end of the day because a story yeah. about Elron Hubbard and the creation of Scientology and seeing some of the processing scenes and all that stuff is super weird and fucking cool processing because you I see it remember. work and you see it fail and you see him working it so long until he feels like something happened and then it, that's part of his show now and he's like that worked okay I'll do this to another person ask them the same question 10 times and they'll tell you a different answer and then you're getting at the truth right it's all lo- based on hack psychology it seems but um, yeah, it seems like if his theories are are too quick, then nobody can catch up with him, right? Yeah, and he like says he has all these credentials, and he's just so confident. So I mean, I I, I get I get where he's coming from, his character, and and how him and Freddie are opposites, and and how they 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 are around each other in such a good fit that they end up becoming bad for each other or can't go any further. I think that's a great way of putting it. And huge pressure from Amy Adams to like, and the rest of the family to get rid of him, like stop wasting time on this guy. He's, they're, they're basically saying he can't be brainwashed. And boy, do they try. And boy, does he try to get brainwashed. And he can't. <laughs> yeah, that's he all He tries true. his ass off and he can't do it. So then he's like, that's all I got. And that's that. And that's, that's like, a okay, great well, way of putting it. That's a great way of putting that it. Is, he, that is pretty fantastic. And that's what's yeah. so interesting at the end is he doesn't believe it. And he because yeah. he doesn't believe it, he has to leave. It's a once again, it's poignant. But uh, even that isn't enough in the movie. What no, you just said, yeah. even that is not enough in the movie. That once again is great. What you just said, but it's not not all there. Man, I just love the cultiness though. Like we're yep. it's, this is a fucking really culty, gross mm-hmm. movie, and I love all that. And so when Freddie continuously just isn't is impervious to it. Yeah. I mean, he's like an idiot savant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he doesn't he mean to he be fucking to so good, it. but he does. Yeah. He, does. he well, kicks because the shit out of people who wrong him. It's because of Hoffman, right? Not the movie. Yeah. That's the yeah, sole that's, thing, right? That's it. Yeah, that's it. And like he is the animal that Hoffman keeps describing and he's hunched like an animal and he crawls and does like things like an animal. And But he'll never well, be. Well, interestingly, I saw an, a, a theory on this movie that said that the three of them represent um, the three components of the Freudian um, conscious, right? The, the, the ego, the, id, the, the ego, ego, and the super ego. And so they, um, they were saying that, uh, that Freddy represents the id, just that animalistic, that child part that just like, it can't wait. It wants what it wants and it wants it right now. Um, and it's impulsive and all that stuff, right? Um, and they went through all the, the different things and, and how they correspond to the characters. But I thought that was an interesting way to look at that. Yeah, yeah. It's just watching like one conscious, like if you think about this movie as taking place, like if this movie is just all the thoughts of somebody, 
right? If this movie's like inside out, but like really long, um, <laughs> then, then yeah. maybe. Yeah. Then Did maybe. I lose you? Did I lose no, you? I fell asleep. What? No, I'm just kidding. Guys. Um, <laughs> well, there we have it. We have wrapped up P.T. Anderson months. Uh, month, I guess it's just one <laughs> month. And it seems Thank to me, God. it seems to me like the clear and cut best P.T. Anderson movie is Boogie Nights from our review. Oh, yeah. No doubt about uh, it. Followed by There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Followed by, yeah. I guess, What's Punch Drunk Love. It's got to be by the votes, right? Yeah. And then we're going to have a tie between magnolia and the master and i would place magnolia above this I would, would i wait i would wait i would, too. I would definitely well brent said yeah. that one held up too so god damn that was a grind that movie that movie magnolia? suffered from many of the same things that this you did guys with the length except boogie nights though is yeah magnolia is better than this one i totally understand why where your guys criticisms but magnolia absolutely it, it magnolia at least had some points to make and just had too many characters but boogie nights is his this it's his pulp fiction that's his that's my it's in my top 10 list yeah. with pulp fiction so yeah boogie nights fantastic yeah nobody yeah. disagree he, with that he's had a few movies after the master and uh, after seeing the master i haven't paid close attention to the follow-ups um phantom thread is uh, phantom uh, thread phantom thread yep. like okay not inherent not vice. great and the inherent vices i still can't finish uh, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried six or seven and, times. I can't get through. And, and the author, pizza. the uh, licorice pizza is a fucking garbage. Dump. It's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> it really is. Like I, I there are, people are waving about it, and, and I'm like, these people are idiots. But anyway, yeah, I think he's. I think he's past his prime a while ago. Mm. Sorry, PT. I'm curious Maybe to see the others. Follow. And I'm, and I have never seen Hard Eight. Um, and it's I've okay. always been meaning to. I started it one time and then had to fuck off. And so, like, I've seen three minutes of it. It held up for the three minutes that I saw. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Those three minutes were tight. Tight three. Nice. Take three. Take all three. Take well, all boys, those threes. we got something interesting to do on the air here. So um, first thing we're going to do is say that in August we got some movies coming up. But I'll also say that we hadn't chosen our fourth and final movie for the month of August, so we should do that live and in person right now. So figure out what movie we're going to watch. You want to hear what we got running up to that? Yeah. Well, first it's going to be The Jackal. Uh, Bruce Willis, Jack Black, Richard Gere. Ah, yeah. And Sydney. Potable Potables Poitier. Then we're going to do The Fighter. Uh, so we're getting into some David O. Russell shit, and there's With lots Mackie of David O. Mack. Russell that we could do. Mackie Mack and Batman. Uh, then we're going to do Sean Connery and the Untouchables. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. Uh, so then we need a fourth and final movie. What's it going to be? Um, Silence. Oh, Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. Oh. There you go. We, so we talked about it earlier. Let's do Fear and Loathing. No, no, no. We were gonna do the other, uh, the the Nick Cage Vegas. Um, oh, leaving Las oh, Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Done. That's. I'll do that one. Yeah. Done. All right. There you go, folks. Uh, enjoy your leaving. shit, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yeah. Enjoy all that. that shit, bitches. Yeah. So there you go. The Jackal, the Fighter, the Untouchables, and the Leaving Las Vegas. That's our 
August for you. So we've got some pretty awesome movies coming up. I'm stoked for that. Will the Jackal hold up? Let's get that quick note in here before we sign off for today. Yes, it will. Uh, no, it will definitely not. <sighs> Damn. Oh, it's going to be so close because it's going to have moments of complete cheddar and shit that's unrealistic that I don't like, but it's also going to have some cool shit. I remember not liking it the first time I saw it. So <sighs> I'm anticipating Razor Thin Hold Up. Razor, Razor Thin, thin Hold Up. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, Richard Gere is going to carry this one home, I think. Because he's, he's part of the IRA. Right on. All right, cool. Well, this one was a lot of fun. We'll get back to you uh, for our August ones with the Jackal. Going to revisit. Thanks for tuning in for P.T. Anderson, month of July. If you've not heard the other episodes, it was Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, and There Will Be Blood. Finishing off with this one, The Master. I wish we had done them in reverse order. Man, would that have been a roller coaster of a ride, finishing with the best instead of starting with the best. Well, we did do them chronologically. We did do them chronologically. So there you go. So he keeps upping and down. Uh, and that's fine. <laughs> as long as he keeps making movies. Don't give up, bro. We love you. All right. Thanks for coming for this one, everybody. It was great to have you. We'll catch you in the next one. Have a good day. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.